0: You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms in the new 110 Ultralight. At about six pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel makes it durable and lightweight. The rifle comes equipped with the Savage AccuFit technology, so that means it's adjustable and it comes in a variety of calibers the 308, the 270, the 28 Nozzler, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 30 and much more if you want to find out more information about the 110 ultralight visit savagearms.com
1: welcome to the land and legacy podcast we're your hosts adam keith and matt dye this is your number one resource for all things land if you're interested in conservation habitat management hunting strategy
2: and rural real estate this is the podcast for you you <laughs>
1: we are with another, I feel like I say the same thing, over and over, 260-some podcasts in Lana Legacy Podcast. Here we are. Another We're night, another topic. Another night, in the back backyard with the ambient summer. Yes. August, dog days of summer, night. But guess what? It's not the
2: dog days of summer too much longer. It's creeping. It's coming. Fall's not that far away. This is going to be like the no. last week of August here. And then we're into September. September yeah. means a lot of opening days across the country for various species.
1: What's what's insane about all of this being the date is the fact that this morning I was looking at my calendar cuz it's been a hectic 2020. And you know, I turn I I sent the last report for a while to a client October or er, August the 7th that night. In August the 8th we had our second daughter. Mm-hmm. And so there was no downtime. And then that's just been full force for 2 weeks. Been dealing with w- dealing with her and, and of Don't course, say our, don't say dealing with in case things? your wife listens. <laughs> don't say dealing with. <laughs> I'm trying to I'll say dealing with the new change yeah, okay, of there we go. of, uh, of trying to juggle children and figure out yeah. this new this new man-to-man defense we have going. Um and this morning when I was looking at my calendar, I was trying to just plan. And I was like, huh, tomorrow's my birthday. There you go. Snuck up on snuck you. Snuck up on me. Yep. And and I'm like, that's why Nikki was asking me last night what I want to do for my birthday. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> well,
2: so. yours comes at a busy time, right? Most yep. most years. Most years it's falls food plot season. in yep. In January. We're never even home in January. Oh, yeah. And it's like. I don't – it always sneaks up on me, too. My my wife's always like, so which which random day of the month are we going to s- spend on your birthday this yeah. year? She was like, I, I don't know. Uh, just look on the calendar. Pick yeah. one for me. Yeah.
1: When am I going to be home?
2: There's three days to choose from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I uh, forget the middle one because I need to get caught up on
1: sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. What yeah. a fun
2: time. What a fun time. Yes.
1: So – um You know, we've got a fun podcast lined out once again. And and we're going to start, you know, I've said this a few weeks, but we shifted over in some dove hunting techniques and management on our other podcast this week. But we also, um, we're going to be lining up some more hunting-oriented stuff. We're doing something later this week, Lord willing, that's going to be really fun. I'm so so pumped about it. I am too. Um, I really, really am pumped about this. And so... Can we let the cat out of the bag? I, I yeah I, I don't I don't see why not. Uh, so we're going to be hunting some Oklahoma stuff this this
2: this fall, um, man. As much as we can, as much as time allows, yep. we're going to be in the state of Oklahoma, hunting and learning a property with a good friend of Land and Legacy and a gracious invite. Open that door, and and it's not just a door to hunt on though too because. Like like just to hunt deer, because it's a really really unique property, and we say that about every property, but this one really does. I mean, it kind of takes the cake from a uniqueness standpoint. Yeah, we and don't we'll we, know more about it later on. Yeah, it, 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 but but from big deer, the turkeys,
1: to hogs, we got we got sure we got some quail running around in there They're too. It's will a be. good part of the state, so we'll we're going to be hunting in Oklahoma. Be. Yep. and Missouri, yep. and we got some good deer lined out yep. on multiple farms in Missouri. We've got gonna multiple crews. Yep. We're going to be hunting hard, um, and I think it's, that's going to be fun. I think that's different
2: than most most years uh. from from let's say the inception of Land and Legacy. We have been trying our hardest to grind, 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 build the company um, to a place where we can. Enjoy some falls, and, and 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 we're here, so we're yeah. going gonna to enjoy it. We're going to have fun. We're going to hunt hard, bring you guys that content through podcasts and videos. For sure.
1: For sure. I'm, I'm very I'm excited. excited about it, but as we get ready for that, you know, guys, we've been talking to you about our YouTube channel for a couple of weeks now, and this is just another big push. You guys, we're so gracious you're here every week. Um, you have been since 2017, and... Um, we uh, are trying to really step up our YouTube channel and try not to do... We're trying not to just be so much focused on podcasts where you guys only get to hear us, but we want to have videos to you so you can see a lot of the stuff we talk about here in the podcast as well as some of the entertaining stuff that we get to do in our daily uh, lives. Mm -hmm. And so, um, as we do that, here's a giveaway for you guys yeah we're not your typical podcast with lots of giveaways and lots of different things going on but we are going to try to really step that up so this is our chance and our our uh, request from you guys to go to youtube type in land and legacy find our channel and subscribe and in doing that, you're prior in to and, September
2: 14th too yes, That's important
1: from now so you're going to hear this Sept- uh, August 25th to September 14th. there's that's your giveaway period. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel and if you're already subscribed, comment at any point on in, in these new videos that we're releasing and like the video. Leave a comment. And Leave a in. comment, like the video, and you're in the and you're entered in. And so we're trying to get more support. We're trying to pull you guys from our from listening to just the podcast. We're trying to pull you over to watch our videos too, because I think it's crucial for you to get a full picture of a lot of the stuff we talk about here.
2: Definitely. I mean, we, like just just yesterday, Chad and I we did a growing season fire. And, oh. and some of the comments on, on Facebook and social media is like, wait, you could do a growing season fire? Like, what about it's so dry and this and that? It's like, yeah. there's a lot of education that can happen outside of just what you hear on the podcast, but the video side of it. Like, who doesn't like to go and see prescribed fire? For right? sure. Like, there, there's so many cool things to be able to go and see, but we need, we need that uh, attention and eyeballs and interaction over there, too. So, this is a way to pump it up.
1: You've been... Awesome to support our podcast. Now mm-hmm. we're asking you to support our videos too. Definitely. And now keep in mind, our videos are not, we're not trying to produce movie quality videos. We're <laughs> trying to just get a lot of content to you guys. So Educational uh, stuff and, and fun stuff. Yeah. There'll be a lot of hunts this fall, hopefully, um, with you know Successful Seth Harker, stuff. Trace Harker, um, and then you, me, Chad, yep. some other people we tag along with. So there's going to be a lot of fun stuff, a lot of hunts, um, and so well, what's some of, at our the end stuff, of this giveaway? Yeah, some of our giveaways. We have a vortex package, mm. which is a couple items and binoculars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be giving away some Land and Legacy apparel. Yes, we'll probably, maybe even throw in a virtual property consultation, depending um, on that response. Depending on the response, and it and and here's another thing. If you guys really surprise us and you jump over there and it blows us out of the water we don't know what the number is yet but there's a chance we may even throw in a full consultation where one of us comes to your farm probably matt probably and adam <laughs> with all of his spare time <laughs> yeah. and we're going to uh and we'll work and write a report and give you maps for your property based on our recommendations uh, but that has to really increase the subscription so we don't know we're not promising that one yet uh we're not promising that one yet um, so, Land of Legacy hats, um, there's a chance we may, uh, we're going to be throwing in stuff and working on some more stuff as we've, this We've evolves. got some other
2: packages coming between yep. now and September 14th, that magical yeah. date to get in. Start commenting, liking if you're already a subscriber, or subscribe to the YouTube channel before then.
1: Yep. Perfect. All right, Matt. Take it away. You're the one with the notes right now. Yeah. So We're th- sitting in the backyard, by the way. Yeah. There's a bunch of rednecks driving by with the with knobby really tires. loud knobby trucks and pipes, and so there is a little bit of background noise, but suck in that ambient sound. Oh, yeah, I love that beautiful, beautiful and summer locusts. beautiful, beautiful. But you know, with with us getting closer
2: into uh, I don't want to say going out of one, and I'm air quoting one season in, into another, um, it really kind of brings to to the topic um, the differences between management. Have you ever heard the phrase? And, and and I know you have, because it's just commonly used I hear it all too often. What's but the it phrase? says? That farm is managed. Oh. And it's <laughs> like oh, yeah. oh, that farm's been managed for years. Yeah. And and it's like, I don't what let's break that down because I think that there is a a certain wide spectrum of that word management. And 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 by the title of this podcast you can see that we're talking property management or land management versus like herd management and i think that it's important to clarify the difference between the two and then emphasize why you need both of them and and the phrase that property's managed does neither one of them justice that's the whole point of it because I, you in many times that you hear the phrase, it is regarding a property or someone who may put many trail cameras out and monster, put yep. put mineral stations out, and then they're, I wouldn't say occasionally, but more regularly over the course of several years, they harvest a quality deer off of that property. And yep. then that property is now tagged with the hashtag managed property. Yep. And I'm not down dissing and I'm not putting that that person down at all. I th- I just want to clarify and say there are many aspects of management from land and property management as well as herd management and we need to understand what those mean because I think at some point you're you're doing an injustice to
1: those terms if you're just saying that person is managing yeah I, I you see it a lot in real estate since we do real estate and what do you re- mean a lot you see it all the time <laughs> it's constant <laughs> every property that's listed as a hunting property i guess you it, could say if there is it's a, managed yes and typically just like you said managed falls into the category of it, it typically means there's food plots and there's mineral, and there's trail cameras. Yeah, there's a trail
2: camera history, and a couple, yeah. a couple harvests.
1: Yep. Um, and that's that's a managed property, and in my head, that means nothing as far as the 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 actions that have occurred have not changed the the health of the herd by yeah. any means their mentality may have changed they may have started just trying to shoot older age class bucks and therefore they're saying well there's bigger bucks on the property now that i put mineral out or i put food plots well you did you you change your your hunting approach at the same time which has Correct. more of an effect than the mineral and the food plots
2: 100 100 and i think that because it does the injustice we 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 get Um, a little bit of wool over our eyes as as to what management means and then what the expectation or or definition of of what it is we should expect when we see a property that is, again, air quoting, managed. Because when you change or you begin to practice a portion of herd management by allowing younger bucks to walk and then you start selecting older age class deer, well, even in the herd management side of things, that's still very fractional to all that is within herd management. Yeah, you know, it, 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 there, there's just way, way too much into it, and, and I. It's important to bring this up because when it comes to the real estate side of things, I think a lot of a lot of times, real estate agents and landowners begin to try and put excess value on. Um, Truck camera photos, yeah. or or um, some history of good hunting on a property. Yeah. If I want to pay more money per acre for a property, I want it to be truly managed from a landscape management, habitat management, and then I want to know that. What are the records from from the herd management? What are what are the buck to doe ratios? What are, what's the fawn recruitment rate? What is the average? Um, Adult doe. What what is she weighing? Like, Mm -hmm. go into those types of details because that—that is management. And again, we're not putting down anything that is that is less than that. But I think that we need to keep and maintain this um, definition and understanding of what a what a managed
1: property does offer. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Just this is something that. I don't know when it changed, probably changed at some point during the 2000s, but the, what's the word I'm looking for? But when it comes to property and landscape, um, the, the quality of the term property is managed or land management has degraded in the last 20 years. And I mean that by what I mean by that is that the term land management has kind of been diluted with product endorsements and well, he, and 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 uh, misinformation. Here's another example of that, just real quickly.
2: I saw uh, um, a company. It was an excavator company, yeah. and they come in and do um, uh, man like. clear roads um create openings do some ponds and stuff like that yeah and um it was whatever the the name of the company was and it was blank blank land management company yeah and i don't i I don't i don't think that that maybe accurately reflects and again not putting that company down at all but that's not necessarily land management yeah that is that is that would be uh, overall potentially property management. Yeah. But but when it comes to land management, that means that you're working in stride with the land as what the land should be, not not completely changing and and um, you know dozing out hillsides and putting pasture and stuff like that. Like, yeah. That's not that's that's not land management. There's just and I know we're being kind of picky here, but I think that there there is. Definitions that, that yeah. feel need a little, to
1: be applied to certain I feel types like of there's work. two professors that come to mind, and we're being a little bit like them. Um, one came in first day of soil science, and he said, First and foremost, soil is not dirt. I've said that one on the podcast yeah. before. And it's like, Okay, that's okay, we get it. And the other one was zoology, and he says, Day one, first thing you need to know is it's not zoology it's not the study of zoos it's zoology study of animals and it's like okay that's a little bit picky and here we are (laughs) i know i know (laughs) but but it's important because uh, social media is is it's its own thing i I don't even need to describe (laughs) what social media is (laughs) But it's there's a lot of really good things and there's a lot of really really awful things that happen with social media. And social media has changed land management, in my opinion, oh, um, sure. for the worse. Um, now it's been great for our business, so I can't down I can't shine that much of a negative light on it. But there's so much bad information going out there that people are now believing that certain practices or certain things is is going to drastically change the health of the deer herd, the size of the antlers, um, the daylight activity, and in reality, they're just wasting their time. Wasting time or, or scratching, scratching the surface of
2: what could be done um, yeah. if different techniques were applied that would bring more value to the actual management, land management, or habitat yeah. management. And yeah. I, I think that that's basically what we want to go through is just Okay, let's let's go through what a managed property would look like and, and let's break yeah. down the difference between herd management and then land management or property management, whatever you want to call it. But but within herd management I I think that this this word within the definition, like if you will, says it all, but it is actively monitoring and harvesting the game species that you're after. Yeah. It is like, it's an action. Like it's not what has been done, but it's what's being done now. Yeah. Like like history is good, and and you need data. You need data sets over a time period to be able to make um, determinations and educated guesses, and um, to make you know what should my harvest numbers be. But it is a active thing to be constantly monitoring those numbers evaluating them and then acting upon them by pulling the trigger yeah and, you know and, and and herd management overall if if you will if you break it down like i said seasons but typically September through through january uh, so I mean October through uh December time frame is typically like a if you will herd management window when a lot of people are actively managing a herd like yeah, that, that, it, within a year, all the rest of the time, is is property management. So there's a yeah. massive window of of property management versus actually herd management, and what you do on the property dictates what you do to the herd management, and, and vice versa. They should be they should be linked together, and, and the, too many times they're not. Exactly, it's it's not a either or; it's a both. Yeah, it's it's you know. You can't, or, or if you're trying to maximize a property, it's not what you've done by pulling a trigger that is going to maximize the property if you haven't touched the land itself, if you haven't manipulated no. it. And so with the herd management, you're actively monitoring and harvesting. You know, you're you're tr- keeping records of, of the herd dynamics, what that is, just adult sex ratios, what your reproduction rates are on fawns. And then the other one, it's so stinking simple and I think it has a very good indication of how well you're managing the land itself is just recording adult weights yeah. of deer. You yeah. know, I I don't care if it's if it's dressed or um you know, or you've gutted the animal. I, it, it does not matter, just keep it consistent, but over time, if you're actively doing this, you'll be able to see, hopefully, an increase um, as your manage your land management or property management has um, moved across a, pro, a, a farm, increase the amount of, of food per acre. You should be seeing that. Like, and, and as you're managing four bucks, right? It takes how many years to manage and grow a mature deer? A long time. Yeah, we're 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 talking from birth till. Harvesting. Yeah. Five years, right? Yeah. A long time. So, in that meantime, how do you gauge, if you're only looking at antler sizes, and again, not every deer is going to be, if you're looking to manage based on big bucks, you're not throwing out your outliers as, oh, I I, I grew this deer. It's, it's your average. Yeah. It's it's your, what does your average mature deer look like? Is That's it, for sure. <coughs> is it a 140? Then then you've increased hopefully up to a 160 over a long time. And and in the meantime of that, you've thrown out a, a 180 or 190. That's fantastic. But yeah. you've got to go to the average to see if that bar has moved. But same thing with does. Like, if, if you're waiting all that time frame, five, six years, to see, hopefully see an increase in, the average size, air quoting, of mature bucks, how many does have you harvested in that meantime? What I, What is that bar? Are you seeing those weights increase as well? It just gives you more points to be able to figure out, is what I'm doing paying off? Is what I'm yep. doing making a difference? Because, again, there's so many variations in antler size from year to year. That's, that's honestly not a good data point, in no. my opinion, to be able to judge what the impact of the land and and your land management practices have done. To me, the best way to, to manage, or I should say manage, the best way to monitor if your land management practices are having an effect is by looking at your reproduction rates, your adult sex ratios, and then the weights of those adult deer and the weights of your fawns. If you harvest fawns. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I know people are like, wait, he said harvest fawns. If you've got enough deer, yeah, I think you should harvest some.
1: Yeah. But. N- not as, when people picture fawn, they picture one with spots still sure. on it. So you're We're talking shooting. talking a yearling. Yeah. A, a, a six-month-old six, deer. six-month-old deer. Right. eight-month-old deer later in the year. Yeah. And uh, where they get shot a lot. Button bucks get shot a lot.
2: <laughs> First ones in the field, they get <laughs> shot, all, shot and all the time. so it's
1: not. Out of the ordinary to say shooting a, yeah. maybe fawn is not the word i sure we should use, but shooting a a, a, a six month old deer sure um, is, is gets definitely <laughs> something because too many times I, I I think it's one of those things that how should I describe this January to September. Let's just say season starts October one, January, September. So many guys are managing their property, doing habitat management, doing timber stand improvement, doing all this stuff to yeah. enjoy hunting season. And then hunting season hits, and we sit back, we get we get uh, lackadaisical, um, we lollygag. Complacent? That's the that's the word I want to find. Okay. We lollygag through the season because. We lollygag to our stand. We lollygag through the hunting season. We lollygag on our on our hunting numbers. What's that make you a lollygagger? I'm using a Bull Durham reference yeah. if you don't know. But uh, you don't harvest. You don't do herd management. And so all that stuff you did for the nine months can how you, be... How do you know what, what impact you had? How do you know? You, your herd gets out of balance. All the young forest you created, or all the old field you created, or all the food plots you did—they get overbrowsed because you stopped managing during that window of time mm-hmm. when you needed to be managing the most. Exactly. Exactly. And there's and a
2: there's a ton of properties, a t- ton, too who, many who who are way out of whack with with the land's carrying capacity. Oh yeah, and 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 their herd capacity or, yep. or what it should be at, and and we see that. I, w- I would say turn on outdoor television yeah I would say 60 per- to 70% of the properties that we go to and, and I'll say this most of the properties that we go and see are properties that need help yeah. that need assistance they're not they're not just already done or we wouldn't be getting called so so we're looking at properties that are s- generally speaking subpar habitat and we go there and there's still too many deer but when we start manipulating the landscape, and you're not doing anything about the herd?
1: Mm. Wrong, bad move. Boom. I told Ch- I told my brother Chad uh, based on the Cutty Link images that we're getting this this summer on Lock the and load. property. I said I hope you're prepared to shoot does this year. Lock and load, because we had one picture where there's four fawns in one picture. Mm-hmm. We've got fawns all over the place. Yep, and so we know we had a great fawn. We know we had a great fawn um, fawning season. And now we have a lot of them coming into hunting season. It's like, if that happens another one more year, and we're already behind the eight ball, we won't be able to shoot enough without putting us at that point. Amount you of would pressure. just be stabilizing, yeah. And and yeah. and one more season of that really good
2: reproduction tips you over that point. Yeah. And so right here, you're at a stabilization standpoint. So you need to be harvesting. And That's you right. need to be harvesting the, the appropriate
1: amount of numbers. I got we, a crossbow waiting on dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're ready to rock. Well, I,
2: it, the, we talked about it last week on the podcast that the, the property in Ohio, they harvested roughly 30 deer off of 530 acres. Guess what they're doing right now this week? They're doing a trail camera survey. They're yep. figuring out what, what's the objective this year. They're getting an a, a, a inventory of, of what deer are on the property. And I'm not talking about just specifically bucks, but talking about what's the reproduction rate? How good is all that old field that's on the property? How well did the deer herd respond from a reproduction standpoint into this year? So so then that tells us, okay, we've got X amount of deer that we're going to need to take off, but our reproduction rate was this. So so if next year, going into the next spawning season, we had reduced the, the antlerless population by 10 or 15 more, that would leave us... I don't know, 20 more deer. But with that re- fawn reproduction rate, we're going to say we've got now X amount more fawns out there too in into 2021. So it's not even herd management from a monitoring and shooting standpoint. Harvesting is not a, okay, here's what I have on the property Right now, but it's also what I can expect in the future, too, to make those plants. Do I need to supplement? And maybe I need to burn another section of timber. Or maybe I need to burn another old field and get some more of that uh, flush of vegetation coming out of winter or expand food plots. Whatever the case may be, you, those numbers and that, that management of the herd gives you that data to be able to say that's the right move or this is the wrong
1: move. Let me ask you this. Here's an opinion question for you. Okay. When you look at our... Let's just take our client base. From 27 states. You're going to Florida in October, right? Yeah. So 28 28 states come then. If you were to look at that and say... Okay... Based on all of those properties that we've worked with, all those landowners across all those states, and you compare... uh, The obvious is habitat or property management is is needed more than herd management. But how many people do you feel have got a... And I'm doing a, so you listeners are going to have to picture a hand sticking out, like, containing the herd. And I guess the best question would be, of all those people that have pretty good quality habitat, how many are actually working on the herd as well as the property? Consciously? 20%. You think there's 20% of them that have got a pretty good balance of, okay, they, they've they got their deer population that's it's manageable. Yeah. And that they have adequate or they are getting adequate habitat.
2: I think this is the most important thing a, as we talk about combining these two ideas, herd management yeah. and land management. In an ideal situation, because... Uh, the the misnumber is that more deer, more chance at harvesting a big deer, right? If I have more of them, false, I've got a, a bigger, better chance, right? Yep. That's, not, that's not how it works. No. How it works is... And it maxi- doesn't mean that those does are going to attract more bucks during the fall. No. What it means is, what attracts big bucks in the fall? Food and cover and security. yeah, Just like the rest of the year. Because if you have that, there's still going to be... Yeah, does there no, there's no reason to leave, but there's no reason to leave. So the, the the combination of all this comes to if if I maximize or if I increase my land, my neighborhood, my property, the carrying capacity of that said property, and I manage the deer population to be just below that carrying capacity, then I'm covered. And sometimes, in some areas, depending on how intense the management is, your carrying capacity may be 40 deer per square mile. Some areas it may be 80 deer per square mile, but it doesn't matter because as long as you are keeping your herd underneath of that, just barely. Yeah. Now, now it's 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 if it's, it's like a um, what's those Venn diagram almost. Or mm-hmm. I guess it's like it's like a line graph where like there's two lines and then they meet in the middle and then they kind of separate oh again. yeah, yeah, yeah. That point at which like optimization can be found within herd management and property management is is your carrying capacity, and then your deer herd is just underneath of that. Yeah, because because then you have enough, you have the best or the most. Uh, let's say uh, animals population. The number right of of individuals in a given area, you have the most that you can have, but they're all all their needs are met. Yeah. And so if that if that's the case, then they're all going to be um, uh, superior in their fitness. They're going to be the, the healthiest they can be. But then you have the most of those in the landscape to produce more healthier, bigger deer. Yeah. That's the optimization, and that's when it comes to a managed property. That's what we're talking about. That situation of combining both of these things together creates a highly managed property.
1: Yeah, 20% is a pretty good... That's where I would probably put it. Um, For me, when you see... Here's a hypothesis. I would Mm -hmm. love to see a farm, a study site, where you are cranking out and...
2: Remind me to say something after you're done.
1: Everything... I'm sure you, you'll you have something to say. Um, <laughs> we got to fill some more time. <laughs> um, let's just say you take every acre and you maximize every acre when it comes to habitat quality. So every west-facing slope is a savanna or every south-facing slope is a savanna or woodland or glade. Every north slope is a managed woodland, so it's you still have vegetation. Like you've maximized and made every acre as good as it can be. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you wreck havoc on the deer herd as far as you're shooting does constantly to a point where it's like, you sit on some food plots, you may not see a deer that night because you're you're whacking doe numbers. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what that would do because it kind of fits that. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'm an ag major. I didn't study wildlife biology. Um, but that... that where animals get larger but fewer, Mm -hmm. Um, whatever that analogy is or that that research. But basically, do you feel, because I feel like the farm is a good example of that based on like donuts and some of these other three-and-a-half-year-old deer that are starting to show is deer numbers are so low, but we're bumping up the habitat the best we can to where you almost feel like if you're going to maximize and you say my number one goal on this farm is large antlers, well, we're going to make the habitat as good as we can, as absolute best we can, but we're going to shoot does and shoot does and shoot does. And so the herd, you certainly could carry a lot more deer, but we're managing for giant bucks. And so we're going to lower it down to where the deer that are here that have the pass that don't get shot are the young bucks, and we're just going to keep growing some really nice young bucks, but we're not letting does get out of control.
2: Yeah, and I think that you know some, some of the biggest ideas are you know the does, the, the, the does, you know that's what this mom to the big bucks yeah well, yeah it is but but there's also a very distinct combination of the the influence, the maternal side of it, the whole genetic side of it but I, I think that without a without a doubt that the environment, so the resources, the landscape plays a, a much larger expression of that individual buck than yeah. than, than the genetics. And, I th- I think that
1: ge- the whole genetic side of things is, is we can't manage it. No, because most of the time, if we have a doe and we're our property is average size, that doe drops a fawn and it is a buck. She's running him off, and he's going to make his life somewhere else.
2: There's dispersal. There's there's all of that,
1: and so you're not really the that that. On that's a buck is not the chances of him staying and living and growing and maturing on your place yeah. are very small
2: that's why it's a completely complex deal but regardless that's why you just look at numbers and you look at individuals yeah. as a i i need to harvest you to maintain or decrease a overall population because without a doubt more individuals within a given population um Certainly increases social stress, um, the functionality like from a, from a reproduction standpoint, yep. and then also you got you got to be managing your caring uh, the food resources and availability. Yeah, on on a given property with with deer numbers, and it's I was just this like combination back and forth of misunderstanding. I think I think people are so stuck in managing the individual buck versus managing the population. Yeah. And I think if you if you can adopt and change your mindset to manage the population and remove yourself from identifying, naming bucks and getting attached and this and that and he's the father, he's the son, this and that. You have I no idea. I don't want to do anything yeah. to change this. You yeah. have no yeah, idea. Yeah. That 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 is a shot in the dark. Yeah, but look at look at the population and make your determination from there. Regardless for maximization of bucks, it has got to be low social stress,
1: tons of food, ample food year round and age. Yeah, what's just, best what's best for the herd is not always what's best for the individual. We've said it before, we'll say it again simplest solu- simplest deal the simplest thing to understand
2: it just boils down to that um, in a nutshell and that's why you know sometimes to, to take a, as a to sample this. yeah he was roaring down this river yeah. um, but as, as a sample to take a six-month old deer yeah what it did because that's the thing of, of 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 why why would you take that Matt like why why would you want to monitor that well here's the thing they're all generally speaking, if your population dynamics are are, um, in check, all born within roughly a two-week time period. So so what does the weight of that six-, eight-month-old fawn give you? Well, it gives you a prime understanding of, are my does healthy? Are they able to lactate enough to provide this deer ample food during its short lifetime? You know, a four-year-old doe... She can catch up, she can respond if she's had a poor or um, a rough start to life, right? If she wasn't born in the best condition. But a six, eight-month-old fawn or deer doesn't have that capability. It's a it's a direct correlation to its environment and getting it started off perfectly. Low stress levels, tons of milk, tons of lactation, ample cover, yep, and tons of herbaceous forage for fawns to eat
1: you want that's them to, why you just everywhere they go there's something to eat
2: within reach yeah
1: Could, rather I, that, than happen to go in bed a couple hundred yards that way because that's what's safe and secure and then get up and go a couple hundred yards this way to feed like because that's the only place they have food and that as in in what i just described is like oh yeah that would be awful that happens constantly. Oh, yeah. And there is 50% of our v- listeners that probably hunt farms with that analogy right there.
2: I think that, and it's kind of a bold statement, I guess, and I don't know if I've ever really, maybe maybe I'm just speaking too early because I haven't thought through it a ton, but I, I, I wonder, obviously deer are they're crepuscular, so they're dawn and, and, and uh, dusk animals. But I would, I would make a strong statement and say if you have ample forage with them being browsers throughout your property in a wider, like there's not this just 200, 300, 400 yard expanses of very little food, you're going to have way more daylight activity of deer.
1: Absolutely.
2: Way more. Because as they're foraging, there's also cover. And as there's cover, there's more food to eat. And they're going to do it throughout the day. Because they're going to move when it, there's light outside. Like, it's, it's not just through the cover of darkness. Um, it's not just a I got to get there to the feed at dark. Well, I've got plenty of feed between where I'm bedding, where I'm getting up, where I'm walking. It's secure. I'm totally fine. I've got. Height, cover, structure, tons of food. Every step I take, and that I mean, sounds like an exaggeration, but like when you walk through 80 acres of old field, that's the scenario. Yeah, if it's a good composition of old field, I'm just picturing there's food and cover every step.
1: I'm just picturing this analogy where basically, if you're out every weekend managing your property and feel like you're going leaps and bounds in the right direction with your habitat management and there's food available. You're basically moving that direction and if you're not managing your herd, it's basically trying to pull you back. And you should be if if you're managing both, you can you can almost speed your way in the right direction. But if you're only managing one of those, the other one's just pulling it down. If you're trying it's, to manage, if cr- you're trying to manage the herd and decrease doe numbers, that's all great. But if you're not managing the habitat, it's weighted the other one down. It's almost like you've got two big dumbbells or what, barbells or whatever, yeah. and they're and they're roped together. You can't move one without trying to drag the other one along.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, it. It's a very in-sync model that has to be understood um, again The just the phrase that farms manage doesn't do either one justice and it oversimplifies the complexities of working both the land and working with the herd and like I said if you're only focusing on the land management side maybe you still have browse lines yeah. Maybe maybe you can't get shrubs to grow Maybe you can't get food plots to grow. I think a lot of people would sit back and say, "Crap, that was me." Yeah. Or, or maybe it's the other side of my deer numbers keep increasing. Um, or, 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 or I'm I'm shooting I'm shooting my does, guys, but I'm not seeing I'm not seeing um, reproduction rates increase, and I'm not seeing um, you know, bucks get larger or adult um deer their size increase as well. You, you've managed the deer population, but you haven't improved the land itself to offer that great fawning cover and that great yep. bedding cover and that's additional food across the landscape. You haven't you haven't when was the last time you intentionally cut trees to increase sunlight? When was the last time I, I, if I go to a property and there's not fire scars or, or soot on trees, where fire is legal and you're able to do it and, then it's And it's occurred not,
1: historically.
2: Yeah. It's probably yeah. not a, a managed farm. Yeah. That those are those are components that make something of higher value, in my opinion. And I yes. think that we've seen through real estate, T V, social media, whatever, we've seen this devaluing of land management because many real estate agents aren't either knowledgeable or creative enough to look at a raw piece of land and say what it is. They always say, it's hunting Mecca, it's hunting this, it's hunting that, when it's not. And so then it just...
1: You know, they're trying to It's ma- imploding. Y- making a sale. Yeah. And you can sell anything to a sucker. <laughs> yeah. And so... yeah typically what that phrase means is there's food plots or they shot a good buck or they have trail camera images or there's mineral. And we said that at the beginning of the podcast and you know, it's just another, it, it's just frustrating to be in this situation of, of, of what we do. I mean, it's good for business because our, our clients find significant changes occurring on their property that you don't find by food plots and mineral. And, um, it's, it's just one of those things that hopefully we can all wipe our eyes and realize that habitat management is much more than mineral and feed. And herd management is just as important as quality habitat management. They, 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 they go hand in hand, and they need to be done. Um, but I think herd management... There's nothing real sexy about herd management. Well, there, dude, how many social ma- how how I'm many saying, Facebook yeah. groups do you see on herd management? <laughs> like
2: zero. I mean that that's the whole thing of it. Like you you don't get uh, Instagram likes or or YouTube uh, <laughs> likes and, and subscribers. <laughs> yeah, for shooting does. I mean yeah. that that's so that's not what gains popularity, and, and then therefore the trickle down effect is that that therefore doesn't have importance but yeah but in real life in in the grand scheme of things that has all the importance yeah. that that produces more of those opportunities where we can harvest bigger deer better deer this and that it it is have just not a healthier not,
1: landscape it's not
2: cool or or sexy to talk about like it, does, it just yeah. doesn't get the views that that no. other thing does but
1: we ought to, here's a social experiment this, this fall. We're going to shoot a doe, and, and day one, and like we'll shoot a doe, and the f- hero picture will be us with the doe. And then we're going to Photoshop antlers onto that doe. <laughs> yeah. And the next day we're going to post it. Yeah. That'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, or right. maybe you'll sit down with the doe, and then I'll sit down with shed antlers over the head. And so it'll be two different people, yeah. but same doe. Just see what happens. To, to same prove, backdrop, to, to, to prove, prove a, point a point that we already know is going to happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah. That, but that that is the truth, and I, and I feel like we can't we can't continue to um, go down, uh, let's say, a path of misunderstanding, misinformation of what management looks like, what are the components of it, and how both herd management and land management play drastically important um, uh, factors into our success as landowners wherever you're at. I, I, I don't care if you're in Maryland, which has crazy deer numbers, some of the highest deer collision um, incidents per square mile in the whole country. I, I don't what care part if you're of Maryland, Any part. Oh. Any I mean, it just just the state in general. It, well, let's say outside of the four most, most western counties, fourth most western <laughs> county.
1: <laughs> I didn't know if you could see my face out here in the dark. Yes.
2: Out of those ones, everything else to the east, super high deer numbers. Huh. But if you're there or if you're in nowhere, Arkansas, this stuff still matters. You still gotta be monitoring it and then actively making the decisions of what to do next, how to how to how to do it. And, and honestly, I think one of the other kind of, if, if you will, just disappointing um, things of it is QDMA. They. Their principles are founded on exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. But I think over time, the the misinformation has then taken that mission statement and the and the founding principles of overall QDMA or QDM principles or, or techniques applied to a property. It's devalued them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a hurdle for for the organization as a whole to try and get past. But yeah. but. The only way we're going to do it is to just, again, provide quality information, education to combat the misunderstandings of what management looks like out there.
1: Yeah, because I think – another thing, too, I think people can often feel like the more deer you see, the better the property is. So if you're sitting on a food plot and you've got 30 deer or 15 deer, that it's like, oh – we know we're doing something right. I love seeing de- see when, deer in reality, deer reality the person who's seeing a healthier number that may only be two deer night on that food plot, that's a much healthier herd because those deer that are there are healthier because they don't have the social stress or the lack of food or the the threat of starvation come winter when everything gets eaten.
2: I love seeing deer, and and here's the, here's the when I'm hunting like. A, it's so much fun. It's not so much while s- you're driving. No.
1: Did it's you notice, not to get you off topic, yeah. but between my street and the street just east of me, deer got hit on the road. No, oh, I did I, not. Dude, I, I oh. was so shocked. I'm like, "There's where, where, where what, the world come from? from?
2: Where did you, you <laughs> run from that house to that house? Yeah. Like, what?
1: Yeah. What was I saying? I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. Um, it's just when you look at herd management. Oh. I remember. Oh, go ahead then. No, here's a cool thing.
2: Yeah, here's a cool thing. When you improve the habitat, your deer numbers increase. Yeah. So if you want to see more deer, and you're and you and you're at your carrying capacity, you know already you've managed a property from a herd standpoint, and you increase the the carrying capacity from a land standpoint, you get more deer. Like it's not like we're saying you shouldn't be seeing deer. When you're hunting, we're saying as long as the landscape can carry it and hold it, then you're fine.
1: Yep. But how do you know when it's not able to hold it anymore? I think there's several things that we look at. Yep. And it's the overall herd health. Looking at trail cam images, looking at body structure, looking at body health. Deer are full. They look. They look healthy. They don't look like they're stressed. They don't look thin. Um, I know everyone takes cameras off of a property after season. Oh, bad move! They pull them in January or Horrible. in the middle of the winter, and you that, can't see them through the winter. It's like that's oh, your indication. What do those we need deer to see them look, look
2: like in in February and March?
1: If you're up north, you need to be able to see them in the winter. If you're down south, you need to be able to see them during the middle of summer. Yeah, and um, another thing we always look at is like just the plant communities are the young is the young forest woody brows being over consumed is the browse lines how's the how's the forest or how's the even the food plots put up utilization cages Mm -hmm. um if you're planting blends and you're like ah the 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 legumes or the forbs didn't do so well well that's probably because they got eight and they didn't touch the grass and so that's why you have nothing but milo millet and sorghum sedan yeah Um, there's just so many things you can look, you can find out if you have too many deer based on your food plots, based on your young forest, based on your, your, um, herbaceous cover that's growing in the forest. You can, Um, you can
2: do trail camera surveys. You can also do, um, uh, pellet counts. That's a little more scientific on that. But then you can also be recording weights and watch weights over time and then also be evaluating, um, the fat around kidneys—that's another yeah. great sign of, of indication the health of an of, of the individual that you harvested. Um, later into the winter time frame before season closes, take a couple deer. What what are they at? You'll see a difference um, from deer to deer, but on average, are they healthy? I, so I many things to uh, do. There, there, there's so many things to do, and that's why the podcast is necessary to complete because. A lot of times, is everything everything is just oversimplified, and that's that's not fair to overall management in in a land and herd uh, health
1: standpoint. Another one that um, I think people fall victim to that's super easy, and I've even been—I'm uh, really struggling not to fall victim to this as well, but. If you buy a property or you have a property that's had relatively low deer numbers because the habitat's been so poor, and you start to do the management, and all of a sudden you just start seeing more deer. You're seeing more fawns. You're sitting in tree standing and you're seeing more deer. It's easy to go, just kind of get googly-eyed and just slobber all over yourself going, man, look at all the deer. This is so much fun. They're reacting to what I've been doing. And by the time you have made that full circle and that season or two or three or four just enjoying the work of your labor it's too late and now you're going oh I've got a lot more work to do the same level of work that I just did with the habitat but now I have to cram it into three months and it's the three months that I just want to relax I've got to shoot those shoot those shoot those and I don't have the time the manpower or the will to go out and shoot all these deer
2: and once you're behind you ain't ever catching up
1: Yeah, it's it's very unless very difficult unless you to call catch
2: in up. the crew yeah i mean it's very difficult to catch up
1: and devote an entire season to catching up yeah and and, and but but at the, or, end, and, and at the same that? time there's several states where you can't get the tax
2: and that's that was one of the things i wanted to say earlier some of this some of this is not an individual landowner's fault sometimes they're limited the tag situation,
1: yep, we understand all that. We've got Dumb clients in Pennsylvania yeah. right now who clients in Kansas as well. They're basically going. How do I get? Well, fill every dough tag you can get. Mm-hmm. However, you can do it. Yep. I don't care if you have to invite family in, invite friends in. You want to see a difference? It needs to be done. Do it you legally. You need to fill, fill. every dough tag you can get to on this property. Yeah, so. yeah,
2: and that's that's the the truth of it. Some sometimes regulations are are handcuffs for individual property owners i mean especially if you're but they're statewide regs well yeah or unit wide whatever it is but if if you're a property if you're a diamond in the rough Oops. you're gonna have a lot of deer yep and, and it needs to be it needs to be addressed um yeah. in the best way that it can be but it's great opportunities to get new hunters out there um get get kids out there or just invite friends to come and and, and have fun
1: and so we're at a time of the year where there's a lot of trail cameras out. So be monitoring not only for deer, for bucks, but for does. Trying to get an idea of how many does are on your, perl- on your place. I'm guilty of this. Scroll through. Show me them antlers. Yeah, that
2: where them antlers at. But every time you're scrolling past a picture, you're missing information as to what you actually should be doing this season, and that's calculating, trying to identify how many does
1: you actually have. We've got on the property a couple food plots where it's like, I know it's all does, <laughs> and you just scroll through and you're like, doe, doe, fawns, does, fawns, fawns, fawns does. I'm yep. just like, and season opens up, we're going <laughs> up there. Because we're going to thin those out. Yeah. Because it, it kind of makes that correlation with that food plot is loaded with does and fawns. Why do I see any bucks up there? And then you see a, two does get in the picture together, and you see one swatting at the other. And you're like, because they're does, and they have fawns, and they're probably not allowing bucks to get in there. Because yeah. they're, they're aggressive. They're, and, and a lot of people make this mistake and say a oh deer are territorial.
2: Well, Bucks bucks aren't territorial. The only thing that's territorial is a doe when she's got a fawn. Yeah. And that's what you see right there in those pictures. Um, aggression, hierarchy, social dominance in yeah. the herd.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, so as we get ready for season, that's something you can be doing is really trying to watch those. Before uh, velvet begins shedding and bucks scatter everywhere and fall patterns change, um, really looking to see how many does are utilizing your property monitoring your food plots as well if you're planting soybeans getting over browse and it's two acre field you've probably got too many deer yep. um if you are having to get a fence to put up a fence
2: <laughs> you probably have too many deer to keep the food away from the deer that the food is for <laughs> here's your sign <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah oh man you know what i'm ready for I'm ready to go get in the stand.
1: It, once it cools off a little bit, we get some rain. I'm I'm ready. I'm afraid the first time I go to the farm, I'm just gonna walk around because I haven't seen it <laughs> so long. What is this place? <laughs> I just want to go see. I want to go. Chad, drive me down and see. Show me the royal fly. dude. That stopped blooming two <laughs> months ago. Are um, oh, you saying all
2: I got was a picture? <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so. That's something you can do, and don't be afraid to kick off dough harvesting September 15th or whenever your season opens up.
2: You know what the best time to shoot a dough is? When they're
1: standing in front of you. Bingo. Broadside
2: in front of you. That is the best time. Yep. All right, guys. Appreciate everyone listening. Don't
1: forget to go to YouTube and subscribe or comment and like the videos that we start dropping. There's got some on timber stand improvement coming up uh, and kind of before and after change the difference between hinge cutting, flush cutting, things like that. So and some burning out. responses yep. on that, burning. too. Yep. So, anyway, guys. Local stuff. Appreciate Enjoy it. it. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Yeah.